This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hello, and welcome to Flourish with me, Tiffany Boyd. This is a podcast where we explore what it means to live with intention. I'm a mom to three beautiful boys, a wife, a friend, an entrepreneur, and so many other things. When my dad passed, I made a commitment to myself to live with intention. For years afterwards, I struggled with discovering what that meant. I felt uncomfortable giving myself permission or even figuring out how to honor that. What I do know and believe is that where attention goes, energy flows. This show will explore what it means to live with intention, seek to inspire you, and bring practical tools through stories and interviews that you can use to change your own life. Thank you for joining me and this wonderful community of women as we raise our vibration, honor ourselves, and live intentionally. Everybody to flourish the podcast where we talk about what it means to live with intention. And today I am thrilled to have a very special guest, Samala Austin. She is from Byron Bay, Australia, and she is a clinical hypnotherapist and also practices RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy as well as past life regression. And we'll get into all of that in a little bit. But Samala, before I hand it over to you to introduce yourselves, I was alluding to this when we were connecting before we started recording, but I wanna share a little story about a small thing that you did that had a huge impact on my life. And I know that you don't know anything about this. So um, we were chatting about where I first came across you and it was on somebody else's podcast on Erica Gabriel's podcast about... I think it was about a year ago and you and your work to me was just so fascinating and so important. And I instantly became a fangirl and followed you on Instagram and I love following you and the work that you do. And it's so aligned with some of the other things that I'm interested in and follow, including the work of Brian Weiss and Bruce Lipton and Dolores Cannon And in my work to support manifestation, a lot of the work is about reprogramming the subconscious to replace, you know, old and mistaken beliefs with beliefs and reprogramming and rewiring that supports where we're going, which is really consistent with a lot of the work that you do. And I was so interested in engaging with you. And at that time, I was working with a mentor to look at how I wanted to consciously grow my business flourish. And one of the things that I'd come to decide is that I wanted to start a podcast. I just wasn't sure when the time was going to be right, but I knew if I started a podcast, I absolutely wanted to have you on the show. And at that point, I reached out to you to see if you would come on the show and you were so kind and generous. And when I say come on the show, I mean the show that wasn't even a show yet. You got back to me right away and you said yes. And that moment was just such an affirmation for me and such, um, 
just such a generous gift that you would be willing to come. And honestly, if, <laughs> if I was starting a podcast just to interview you, that would be enough uh, because that's how much I value the work that you do. Um, so I just wanted to say, Samala, thank you. And just, just to remind people sometimes that it's the smallest things that have the biggest impact. So enough about that and more about you, Samala. Let's give you a chance to juice yourself and what you do uh, to the listeners. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. That's so beautiful and so touching. It's amazing. The little things that we say and do, people don't realize what the impact that they have. So <clears throat> I'm so happy that you're doing a podcast because, you know, getting your beautiful message out there is so important. And I'm sure there's so many people that are going to be following you and loving to listen to you. So I'm really grateful and honored to be asked on your podcast and to be one of the first people. So you've made a huge impact on my life as well. So thank you. Thank you for asking me. Thank you. Um, so my um, so what I do is hypnotherapy, but it's a little bit of we call it skipnotherapy because it's a little bit quicker mm. than the old traditional therapy. And therapy um, hypnotherapy in general is kind of advancing, and there's lots of different ones coming out. But I um, so my story is yeah, I was going through a hard time in life, and I was watching YouTube and this um, YouTube clip came up and it was the biggest disease affecting humanity. And I skipped past it and thought, oh, I can't be bothered. Well, you know, there's all this so much information on YouTube, but something was telling me, no, no, you have to watch that, go back. So I went back and found it and I watched it. And it was this amazing lady called Marissa Peer, who I'd never heard of before. And I watched it and she really simplified therapy and how to feel better. And that was really my goal in life was why aren't I happy why am I getting in, you know, in these dysfunctional relationships? And why am I, you know, like, what am I doing with my life? And I just had this really lost feeling my whole life. Like, I really just didn't feel like I belonged in the world. I didn't, I'm not meant to be here. Maybe I wasn't even meant to be born. Like, what am I meant to be doing? And I didn't want to do something ordinary. You know, I feel like I'm, I want to do something amazing, but I really just didn't know what that was. And it wasn't, you know, studying for 10 years to be a doctor or something like that. I just didn't, I just didn't know. I was really lost. And she really simplified. She just said, you know, the biggest disease really is that we don't feel good enough. And it's not something that I'd ever considered before or thought about. And, um, and I, you know, I've done, I have been doing um, self-help or personal development stuff since I was a teenager. I was born into actually an Indian religion called Anandamaga and, so I had hippies and, you know, people meditating around me and chanting and singing Kirtan since I was a baby. I had a different name then as well. And we had lots of festivals. So it was a very free sort of upbringing. And they, as a teenager, they would do the start becoming a teenager workshop. There was always this sort of personal growth going on around me. Um, my mother um, put me in a, a workshop called The Journey with Brandon Bays when I was 20. And I've done like all these other ones that just kept going. and. And the work was great and I would feel really, really good and I loved learning. And um, But then I would find that after a month, I would start to feel the same again and it didn't really change the way that I lived my life or the things that I did or how I felt about myself. And, you know, even as a young, young teenager, like 12 years old, I used to watch video um, documentaries on like the inner child and stuff. So I always had this quest, but I never realized that it would be my purpose in life. It was just about me trying to feel like just trying to trying to basically like master life like why are some people earning heaps of money and and you know they're in good relationships and they've 
they've got it all going on and I'm I just can't I just can't seem to do it I don't know and so I watched this video she simplified it you know it was just suddenly everything was simple and like you I started to um I think you said you listened to my hypnotherapy on the other podcast so I started to listen to her hypnotherapy that she had and it was on feeling good enough and I started to feel better and I started to manifest some amazing stuff like dream things like a holiday in Europe and all this great stuff and um and then I realized I could she was coming to Australia and I could study with her so I was very blessed to have her as my actual teacher for a very long course it was we had her for two weeks over two weeks um every day with no break so it was really intensive training so I had the best teacher for hypnotherapy and it changed my life and really it really did come down to how I felt about myself believing in myself and when that changed everything changed so that's kind of my story in a nutshell that is so beautiful and that last point that you're making about this whole concept of you know worthiness I think that's so key and it's consistent even in my teachings around manifestation too it's you know that's the piece that we struggle the most with but when we can come to a place where we truly start to recognize our own worth and embrace it and own it everything starts to to connect and come together and you can manifest just pretty much anything when you get there, but it's the getting there that is just so hard and takes, you know, a lot of, a lot of work and a lot of uh, soul searching. I'm curious. So knowing that you'd done all of this self-help and you grew up very uniquely uh, in the Indian religion that you did with exposure to, to meditating and sort of that connection from a very young age, what, how did you know how did you intuitively know that this route of pursuing the RTT and becoming a hypnotherapist was part of your divine purpose? Like, how did you make that connection? I always find that so fascinating and helpful for people to hear how others have figured it out. Well, I actually was feeling really lost and I had a reading from a medium in New Zealand and I was crying. I was crying over the loss of someone in my life and you just what am I meant to do you know everything's crap what am I meant to do and she said to me everything you've done in your life has led you to this moment and it will lead you to what you're meant to be doing actually she said everything you've done is what you're meant to be doing and what you will be doing will land in your lap and it will just be there and I was just like yeah okay whatever like that's (laughs) such a general you know (laughs) you're not helping like that's such a general thing to say and I was like yeah yeah great but it was exactly what happened. And so I was there watching that video and then it, and I just was like, oh, this is amazing. And I never knew anything about hypnotherapy. I thought it was just for stop smoking and things like that. And I always wanted to have a session, but I never did. And I just, it was just that magnetic uh, feeling I had towards Marissa. I thought, wow, she's amazing. I want to be like her. Mm-hmm. No idea that it could be. Then they were offering the course and it was a ridiculous amount of money. I thought, oh, you know, as if I'm going to do that, no way. And then I decided to think, it just, it didn't leave my mind. You know, it was just kind of in my mind all the time. Then I thought I'd make the phone call and I talked to someone about it. And then the day that I didn't actually enroll, but I did ask about it and they said, sorry, we're full. And I thought, okay, well, there you go. And then I had a job and they told me that my job was no longer available anymore, that, you know, basically they didn't need me anymore. 
And that same day that they told me they didn't need me anymore, I got an email literally five minutes later from the team saying that we've had a cancellation and you can come and study with Marissa in Sydney if you want to. So I just felt like that's a sign, you know, like I'm meant to do this. So I just jumped right in. Absolutely. <laughs> jumped in and never looked back. I just jumped in. I kind of I kind of do that with things. I just jump jump right in and it was challenging and I was crying a lot during the course and going, oh my God, this is really full on. I'm not gonna pass, but it was amazing. So I'm so glad I did it. I think it, it, I think when you know, you know, like I'm a Libra, so I'm never really a hundred percent sure. I kind of weigh things up and I'm like, am I meant to? I don't know. But, but that was a definite like, yep. Yep. I'm going to do it. I love it because yeah. I think so often something feels right in our body and in our souls, but on paper or on the surface, it might not look great. And I think that it takes so much courage to actually just say, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to listen to what's best for me and go for it. And I feel like the universe always has our back when we do that, but it's hard to do. And it's such a muscle. Something that I learned, cause I've studied with a really, another really great man called William Whitecloud. And he's, um, he teaches a lot about alchemy and, and manifesting. And, um, he talks about trust and intuition and the best part of um, manifesting is really just using the intuition and learning how to use your intuition, but not trusting your intuition. Because when we have to trust our intuition, we're actually putting a step between what we're getting and ourselves. So it's sort of like the analytical mind comes in and starts saying, no, no, that's not really, that's not right. But the first thing you get, that's your intuition. That's the right thing. But when we think, oh, I have to, I don't trust myself. I don't trust that decision that's when we can start getting, you know, a bit confused and then maybe not making the right, the right choices or missing that opportunity. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. I know when I try to explain what intuition is to people, I often explain it exactly like you've just described. It's, you know, it's a thought that is, or a feeling or a knowing how, you know, whatever Claire you prefer is usually how it shows up, but it just drops in and it's usually the first thing. And it isn't the analytical mind. It feels different than sort of that cerebral thinking that we do. And totally agree that you just have to go with it. And as soon as you start analyzing, you're taking away or you're starting to degrade the quality of that intuitive hit that you just got. So that's that's brilliant. I love that. And I'm going to have to get the name of that teacher from you after. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah definitely. So can you explain... Um, a little bit more about what RTT is and what you do and how it is different from some of the um, sort of historical or better known forms of hypnotherapy. So <clears throat> rapid transformational therapy is a combination of hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, CBT, mm-hmm. and NLP. And there's probably some parts therapy in there as well. Um, I think some gestalt therapy so it's a combination of therapies and because it's got all these different therapies in there it just works a lot faster so marissa my mentor she over her 30 years of doing hypnotherapy i think she studied with girl boyne um she discovered that all these different things that she brought in with her clients they were just having these amazing breakthroughs and so she um developed this technique called rtt and she was just doing it for herself until her partner I think and some people were like you have to teach this to other people so 
it, the, a session doesn't go for one hour and you don't have to see the therapist every week. So traditional hypnotherapy, you might see them every week for like six weeks or nine weeks and you're just doing one hour session. A session with RTT will go from two, sometimes, it, you know, I have clients for three hours, I even had one for four hours, that was a bit long, but um, two to three hours, maybe two and a half hours is a session. So it's longer, but you only need one per issue, sometimes three per issue, depending on what it is. But I had a client recently who came to me with PMDD, which is like really, really, really bad PMT. She had it for 30 years. And one session, she was texting me every week just saying, oh, my God, I'm thinking clearer. I'm not that little girl anymore. I feel amazing. My pain, it's gone. Like I'm making all these amazing decisions in my life that I didn't have the strength to make before. And she feels amazing, you know, so even I'm like, wow, that's incredible. That's, that's amazing. But then someone else might need two sessions, you know, just to go a little bit deeper. They might find that they got rid of that feeling, but then this other issue came up. So maybe they dealt with anger, but then now they've got the sadness that they want to look at. So they might want to do something else. And then at the end of the session, um, I record a personalized hypnotherapy. So it's very commanding. It's not self-affirmation-y. It's very commanding instructing the mind to heal and exactly what that person needs it's got their name in there it's very individual no two um, recordings are the same and the client has to listen to that every day for I like to say 30 days takes about 21 days to break a habit so 30 days mm -hmm. and what you're doing then is you're wiring in and recoding into the mind what you want what you want now so you know you want to feel good enough you want to believe in yourself you want to even you know wake up every morning and meditate and exercise and whatever they want so I weave in what they want in their language and then I chunk it out with all the good you know all the right things to say and um, once you're making a new neural pathway the old one sort of just dies off because you're not using it anymore it's sort of the old way of thinking and you're, you're creating a new way of thinking so the session starts with the hypnotherapy is the inroad. Then we do some regression work. We do three in a row, not one. So because we're doing three or four, even you get to see a pattern of beliefs that you've made. So it could be that you have a fear of public speaking, for instance, and you go back to a time when you were in classroom and everyone laughed at you. And in that moment, you decided your subconscious basically decided that was horrible I'm never, ever, ever going to do that again because the mind likes to go towards what's, um, you know, a good feeling and away from a bad feeling. So it says, we're well, you know, never going to do this again. And you fast forward 30 years and you're in front of your um, colleagues at work and you have to give a, a speech and you start to sweat and have panic and anxiety. And you're thinking, I'm totally fine to do this. Why am I freaking out having a panic attack? Because your subconscious mind is saying, don't you remember that you said you were never, ever going to do this again? So we have to make you have anxiety and be sick and you know so that you don't do this mm -hmm. so then you know we might do the regression to why you can't do public speaking and then you go back to that and find that out so you see so you see it so then when you see it you know understanding is power and when you see it you it loses its power so it's sort of like when a vampire it's like the darkness right when the vampire goes into the light it disintegrates so mm -hmm. when you're bringing the shadow out into the light it disintegrates so you have the understanding and then we do some, we, you know, we find out why it's there, the part that it plays. And we do a lot of other things, upgrading, reframing, um, integrating the child, the younger child into your life now. And then we're wiring in what you want with that transformation. And you listen to that every day. And um, um, if you listen to it before you go to bed, 
you that's when we're highly hypnotic so we're naturally going into that hypnosis sort of state so listening before sleep is the best time that is that's so life-changing <laughs> how amazing to be a part of that for people on a daily basis I just love that we are coming to a time where we're starting to understand the uh I guess understand the the human brain and combine that with all of these different modalities and we're really shifting paradigms you know if we had talked about this you know probably even 20 years ago it would seem like an absolute impossibility and it wasn't until just recently that the concept of neuroplasticity the idea that you could reprogram the brain or you could create new neural pathways was even something that people knew existed and knowing that is just so powerful because then what you can do, what you can heal or what you can become is limitless if you're willing to put the work in and, and work to, to create that change in yourself. And even the concept that healing can happen almost instantly is even a belief, I think, that we need to start shifting our paradigm around. And sometimes it doesn't happen instantly, but I'm sure you've got a number of examples, not necessarily around, um, you know, instant healing, but around the power of the mind to heal conditions or situations that probably seemed impossible. And I think it would be so valuable to share with the listeners, you know, how powerful this technique is, if you have any good examples that you could provide. Um, well, that PMDD lady, that was amazing. Um, I had a lady come to me with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, and she'd had that since she was, she must have been in her fifties and she'd had it since she was 10 and she, she couldn't leave her house because she needed to use the bathroom. So she could basically just go to work and back. And she really wanted to go camping with her family. All she wanted to do was go camping with her family, be at the top of a hill where there's no bathroom and not be worried about it. And see, the mind and the gut is very connected. So hypnotherapy is really powerful for IBS. And I didn't hear from her after she said oh, it worked. And then I didn't really hear from her. And then one day I messaged her. I wanted to share something with her. It was um, a movie that I thought she might like. And she said, oh, I can't talk now. I'm camping with my family. And I thought, oh, that's brilliant. So <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I'm having the best time. And I was like, oh, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, the PMDD and um a lady who had um she was about 50 as well and had just carried a lot of guilt a lot of guilt about something that happened to her daughter when she was born and she felt really really bad about herself and I gave her a session and she just was like oh my god I feel I feel so much relief I feel so happy I feel good enough um I'm not who I was anymore I'm just I'm happy here you know I'm relaxed about it all now um, so those those kind of stories I get a lot a lot of people just going oh my god I feel so great now um, I had a lady who had a fear of surfing because she had an accident three years before um, and she couldn't go on the water so we did a session on that I mean I'm, I'm open to do a sessions on anything I know some therapists like to specialize um, but I, I take on pretty much anyone and see that I love seeing the great results you know then maybe if they don't get 100% results they still get you know they still get a lot so she was surfing she got back in the water and she was surfing again so that was amazing so that's um 
yeah i mean there's heaps of stories i'm trying to narrow it down but i kind of yeah, i know i don't have to remember all my client stories but yeah i mean on my website there's heaps of testimonials and um yeah, anxiety got rid of anxiety people just going yep that's that's gone now i feel relaxed i feel calm it's just bringing them back to who they are the essence of who they are and i find forgiveness is such a huge role and i really i do a healing in my session so Every RTT therapist has their own style and I like to do a little bit of a healing and really clear out that belief and that feeling where they're holding it in their body and we really we clear it out, we get it out of the body and then I work on forgiveness as well. So forgiveness is, we've all got something to forgive, I think. Um, forgiving ourselves, forgiving somebody else. I think that's a huge thing, yeah. a huge part of feeling good as well and just releasing. So powerful. So, yeah. Have you, one of the, the, the things that comes to mind for me, and I think just particularly because I'm surrounded, um, perhaps just with people feeling challenged with this and it feels to be something that maybe I'm just more acutely aware of, or maybe it is increasing, but another, a, a number of the women that I know have had, or are having struggles with infertility. Is that something that you've ever worked on? I haven't worked on infertility, but I know a lot of my colleagues have, and they have a great result. So if it's unexplained infertility, RTT definitely is something that they should try okay. at least because there's yeah. heaps of stories about that. That You know, I, I see the testimonials that my colleagues share of a photo of, you know, one of their clients with a baby and they're like, look, this is my hypnotherapy baby. And mm. so it works really, really well. I mean, if they've got some medical complication that they know that they can't then maybe it doesn't work. But um, I mean, yeah, depending on what the issue is, but I know that it works really, really well. And I'm open to, I'd love to have a client actually. I haven't actually had anyone come to me for, for infertility, but I'd be happy to work with someone and see, you know, it's the same um, process and you um, tailor it to each client, but I'm happy to work with anything. So yeah, that's exciting. I'm actually looking forward to someone coming to me with, with that and then seeing my first hypnotherapy baby. Yeah. How amazing would that be? That's just pure joy that you're, you're supporting the creation of for somebody. And what about, um, what about work on children, um, who are having challenges with things like anxiety or other things? And, and perhaps it's harder, uh, depending on the age, but is that something that, uh, is ever done? Yeah, definitely. And there's some, therapist that specialize with children um children you don't regress them back to a memory of obviously under eight years old or under yeah i think it's about eight you wouldn't regress them back to something but you can show them how suggestible they are so we do suggestibility tests like you've got a um a red bucket in your left hand and a balloon in your right hand and um you kind of walk, you know, through hypnotherapy, you say, right, that bucket's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And in the right hand, you've got a balloon and it's getting lighter and lighter and lighter and it's going up and up and up. And you show them how suggestible their mind is and that their hands then are glued together and then they can't open their hands. So the children find that really fascinating. They're like, wow, wow, how are you doing that? And then you can use like their favorite movie character. I don't know if it was Superman or something, you can have some puppets there or and um, get them to close their eyes. And then you can use their favorite character and just tell them that, you know, walk them through whatever issue it is. And, you know, can you see Superman there and look at him and how good he feels and you feel good like that. And you're flying like him and he's teaching you how to be, and then you make them an amazing recording. So there are a lot of simple children. 
Yeah. If they're over if they're over 10, you can regress them back. Teenagers definitely you would regress back to um to a childhood memory, to something that happened. And you just do the same process really on them. Yeah. What an incredible option to have, especially if you're dealing with, you know, something like anxiety and you want to support your child and you don't want to take a route of perhaps moving towards medication or other things, which are you know, just so complicated in and of themselves. I think the beauty of RTT is it's non-invasive and it's no, not harmful in any way. So there's zero risk to participate and try. Um, the, the worst, you know, the worst thing is that you might not get the benefit um, compared to other perhaps interventions that you might undertake. So I just think it's such an amazing option to, to let people know about that's out there. It's so nice for the children because they have their recording. It's got their name in it and the mum can just, or the father can put that on for them as they're going to sleep. And they just lay there and listen to their recording as they go to sleep and it's doing its work. So yeah, amazing results with children as well. Yeah, that's right. Because when we sleep, as you said, our brain waves are in sort of that suggestible, that suggestible state. So it's just kind of like encoding, like you would um, like a programmer to a computer as they hear that and slowly rewiring over that period of 30 days. That's, that's just amazing. That's brilliant. So one of the questions that I like to ask everybody that comes on Flourish is what living intentionally means to you and how you came to to determine what that means and how that looks like for you? So I think my intention for my life, is that sort of the question? So my yeah. intention, yeah. yeah, my intention for my life is to feel happy and content and always be open to learning and growing and to realize that I don't really know everything, you know, there's always, there's always so much to learn. We never, I don't think we're ever going to stop learning. So to be open to that and to really forgive yourself and others always, you know, if you can just stay on top of that and have compassion for yourself and others and just be open to healing. But I think we're here to be happy and to have fun. You know, it doesn't always have to be serious and, you know, people can meditate every day and really get into that, but it's not about escaping this world. It's about being here and really enjoying, you know, like enjoying the taste of the food and the meditating and enjoying the trees and the earth and connections with other humans and just feeling happy. Like I just want to be happy and not be sad about, you know, why don't I have this or that or why am I where I want to be or why am I, you know, have this perf the perfect life. It's sort of that. So comparing yourself to other people is a big, you know, the thief of joy, but so stop doing that. But my intention for my life is to feel happy and to help other people feel happy too. Mm, I love that. That is, you know, I think the, the purest intentions and the, the, the most significant things are often the simplest, uh, but most meaningful. So just being happy. I love that. And I feel you know, at least from the outside looking in that you have done an amazing job to cultivate that, not just for yourself, but to support others in their pursuit of feeling happy and, you know, being a spiritual being, having a human experience. I totally agree with you that we are not here to suffer. And I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking, well, if, you know, if I'm happy, somehow there's a finite amount of happiness or joy or money, and I'm taking it away from someone else. 
And even just shifting that mindset that, you know, we live in an abundant universe and there's more than enough, but that's brilliant. And I think you might have already touched on this a little bit. So uh, no worries if we have, but I often find that there's sort of that, um, a turning point in somebody's life when they make a shift to decide that they want to live intentionally and to determine what that is. And usually it corresponds with sometimes a dark night of the soul or just a massive growth moment. Does something like that stand out for you uh, that just really catapulted you forward? I know you mentioned a little bit about um, like that video literally falling on your lap, but was there something that preceded that, that put you in the place where it was, the timing was aligned and divine? Mm, Well, yeah, I haven't had an easy life. (laughs) I've had had a lot of trauma. So I I got pregnant when I was 18 Mm. to someone who was seven years older and they had mental illness that I didn't, I didn't know, obviously. And I got to see more and more of it. And so that was really hard and I could go into all the details and all the horrible, horrible things that happened. And that I was only, only with them for a year, but we moved to, New, we were in Byron Bay and we moved to New Zealand. Um, I moved away from my friends to be near my, my brother over there who had children, but I didn't really see much of him. And I was so alone. I was 18, pregnant in a city and completely alone with a guy that was not there because he was working a lot but also was abusing me not physically but mentally and that's can even be worse sometimes you know the horrible horrible words Mm -hmm. horrible things that are said um and then we moved back to Byron Bay which was a blessing because as soon as we came back here I knew that I would have more support to leave him so I did so then I was uh yeah 1920 living on my own for the first time in my life with a baby and but still dealing with the dramas of him and then just navigating, you know, being a young mother, um, dating, and then was with another man and I had another baby. And then I was, um, and then the, the, that was an okay relationship. And we're actually best friends now. Like we love each other, but we're not together. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, my whole life story would make a good movie actually, but <laughs> I'm, trying to down. I'm trying to keep it short. So <laughs> then I, I left him and then I was with another man and we lived together for five years and he, I loved him and he was funny. He was charismatic, but he was a nightmare. And I didn't know that he was actually a heroin addict. I didn't know. I didn't see it. Um, he wasn't the typical kind where he was doing it all the time. He would get sleepy. He actually was more like an antidepressant for him. So he would get an up from it and become happy. And, and he wasn't doing it all the time. And I was working and looking after my children. I was working in real estate at the time. And I just didn't see it. I was annoyed at him all the time because he wasn't working and he was a bit hopeless and I was angry and we'd break up and we'd get back together. And it was just so dysfunctional and I was unhappy, but then I couldn't let him go. And it was like this really weird, like codependent thing. And and I was deeply unhappy, you know, but then can't let it go. And then we did break up because there was a whole series of things that led me to find out that he was stealing from me. And um, and the story just goes on and on. And I was really frustrated and very, very angry. And I didn't even want to live anymore. So, and then I lost my house and I actually moved back in with my younger son's father. And he had this tiny little place. We actually all all three of us shared a bedroom. It was like a granny flat. You'd call it like a studio um, out the back of this big house he was managing in Byron Bay. So I bought a caravan for my older son and then 
I put bookshelves up and I had a single bed behind the bookshelf. And then on the other side was my, my, um, my ex, my ex-partner. And then down the end of the room was my youngest son. So we all shared this A-frame kind of building. We were all three of us sleeping upstairs and downstairs was a kitchen and a lounge room. It was very small. And my whole house was in storage and I quit my job and I was deeply, deeply unhappy. And I didn't work for a few years. And this was all before I became a hypnotherapist. I took my children traveling. We went around Vietnam, Cambodia, Bali a few times. We got sick with the measles. I was in hospital. It was all over the news um, that we'd brought measles back to Australia, but we didn't really because the news liked to um, kind of, you know, make things bigger than they are. And then, um, yeah, finding out, then I found out that he was a heroin addict. It was all very heartbreaking. Very, very heartbreaking. I actually thought that I had a mental illness because all this crazy stuff was going on. He told me, oh, you're crazy because he things would go missing and then I would ask him, you know, what, what's that? And he'd be like, you're crazy. And I actually started to think, oh, I'm, I'm going crazy. And I saw a psychiatrist who said, you're not crazy, but it sounds like all the people in your life are. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, have I got something wrong with me? Like, I can't figure out what's going on in my life. It all just seems like really, basically I felt like, I didn't have a grasp on my life. Like I didn't have a handle on it. Um, I even Googled ghost stealing money because money was literally going out of my wallet all the time. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't trust him. You know, I didn't think it would be him because he's meant to love me, right? But that's the that's the devil of the drug addiction. Mm-hmm. In the end, he came clean and then, you know, and then I helped him get better. He was living with his parents and I just felt so sad, so much sadness for him that he'd gone through that and didn't tell me and I was angry but sad. And, and when he went, he, he was lived far away and I would fly up there to see him, make sure he's okay. I just it was just, you know, like I think anyone else would have gone, that's it. I don't want to see you again. But I just was so sad all the time. It was just sad all the time really about him and life and lost all my money to him because I helped him, you know, I gave him money for a shop that he wanted to open. Anyway, it's just such a long story. I'll write a book about it one day because there's so much in there. But um, and then I just was like, that's it. I've had enough. <laughs> had enough of being sad and like, <laughs> had enough of this bullshit and so yeah I found Marissa but it still wasn't I still wasn't completely there I listened to her hypnotherapy I went to Europe to date another man this other man that I'd met and I thought oh he's wonderful and that didn't work out then I came home and I was just sad and crying a lot and like oh my god my life's like not working out by this time I had we had a big beautiful house and I was still sharing with my ex-partner but we had our own separate self-contained houses like next to each other. So that was all fine. But, um, and I had been working for a few years. So, you know, I had money coming in so I could afford to study, but I was still sad and I got an RTT session and, um, and it was on that. It was just on about, you know, relationships, feeling happy. And so I listened to my recording and that RTT session did start to make me feel but it wasn't like a wow for me. Some people are like instantly wow. Other people, they look back and go, wow, that really helped me. It's gradual. But I listened to that recording. I could not stay awake. It didn't matter if I was in an airplane in the middle of the day. I would fall asleep listening to that recording. And then I was like, yeah, wow, I, I, I feel okay now. You know, I feel balanced. I feel a level of happiness that's a bit more stable now. And that's when I decided to actually study it. So I think I missed that bit before, but that's when I joined and went, yep, I'm definitely going to study this. So I just had enough of being sad and like, and, and having dysfunctional relationships. And, you know, I was just like, that's it. I'm sick of this shit. (laughs) I just want to like, sort of be happy and I want to have the best life. And I want to 
you know, have abundance and I want to, I want to be up there with the other people and I want to support my children and show them. It's really about being a role model to them too, you know, that they can do it. If I can do it, they can do it. If I can manifest and make what I want out of my life and earn good money, that they can do it too. So wow. yeah, it was kind of like a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> that, uh, you know, if when you write the book or make the movie, I cannot wait that is incredible. And thank you for being so vulnerable and real and honest. I just really appreciate that because I think we all have our own shit and it's helpful. I think, especially when we're in the place where, you know, we've overcome it and we're doing well and we've transcended to just own that it was there because it's so helpful to the people that are still there to hear that it's not just for a different type of person that abundance or happiness comes for it's for everybody and there are ways to get there. And it's just a matter of putting the work and, and sort of following that divine intuition and guidance. And I just think it's so brilliant that now you are part of creating that transformation and that change for other people. And it's probably what you bring from your experience and your history, I'm sure just makes that experience so much richer for other people coming to you. So I just thank you for that. And I'm serious. <laughs> you need to write a book. Um, oh, yeah, there's a lot that happened there. And I want to add something that I heard from, I don't know if you listened to Abraham Hicks. She said yeah. something that stood out to me once. She said, you can't be poor enough to help poor people be rich. Yes. So you can't yeah. be, yeah, you can't get poor enough to help poor people be prosperous. Yeah. And you can't become, you know, confident enough to become, you know, to heal the world. So that what you said before about that there's not enough happiness to go around or not enough money to go around like there's enough you know we can all have it and by us being you know an example that we can do it and then helping other people too you know so um, and that also with manifesting you know like some people might think oh you know money's evil or like what about the poor people or I've got to give all my money away but it's like you know, you can't be poor enough to help poor people prosper. So it's actually, you're doing a duty by becoming, you know, by being, by manifesting and being abundant, because then you can actually help more people by example. And also what can you do with that money? You know, you can do good things with that money. You can start a charity or you can, you know, start a community garden or you can start something, you know, so manifesting and being prosperous is actually like important for the world. I totally agree. The more you are, the more service you can offer. And I, that's exactly what I was thinking while you were talking. You did such a great job describing it. And I think, you know, our world is just a construct of how we perceive it. At least that's how I, I feel about it. And if we start to perceive things differently, like there is enough abundance for everybody, then that starts to become the reality. And so by shifting our own uh, construct in our own reality, we're starting to shift the consciousness as well for other people. So absolutely, the more you become, the greater service you are to yourselves and others, and you're serving no one by making yourself small or, um, you know, shrinking yourself down to make other people feel comfortable. It's, you know, that's just an illusion that it is at all helpful to yourself or others. So thank you for highlighting that. And I, I love Abraham Hicks. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Well, sure. I have saved um, this little secret till the end, and I am so excited to share with everybody that we are actually going to get to experience hypnosis from Samala. 
She's prepared something specific for the listeners related to manifestation. So just before we close out, um, and I'll, I'll come back at the end if I can get out of out of my hypno, hypnotic state. I've got to admit, I was a little nervous after I did your hypnosis this morning because I was so relaxed in the end. I thought, will I be able to pull it together after the one today? Uh, but I'll do my best. So with that, with that, I'll hand it over and uh, let you lead us through the hypnosis. Okay, thank you. So now I just want you to just relax and let wherever you're sitting support you, whether it's a chair or a bed, just let that support you and sink into your chair and just make yourself comfortable and put your arms beside you and your palms facing out and your feet are not quite touching. And I want you to look up into your eyebrows at a real or imagined spot and just breathe in and breathe out. And take another breath in. And each time you blink, that is hypnosis coming upon you. And keep your eyes glued to that spot and breathe in and breathe out. And just one final time, breathe in and keeping your eyeballs up as if you're looking into your eyebrows. As you exhale, just close your eyelids right down, all the way down. And as your eyelids shut down, the muscles and nerves in and around your eyes are becoming heavy, droopy, drowsy. Your eyelids are starting to feel as if they've been glued shut, sealed shut, locked tight. And you'll find the harder you try to open your eyes, the more they feel glued shut, sealed shut, locked together. So just forget all about your eyes and allow a drifting, floating feeling to develop in your body. And just drop your chin a fraction so you get that same looking down sensation you get when you look over a balcony or down a set of stairs. And you are moving over to a descending staircase. And as I count down, just see your feet Hear your feet and feel your feet treating each and every step as you just go deeper. And right now you're moving on to step 10 and 9 as each muscle, every nerve turns loose, lets loose, and you go deeper. You're taking step 8 and you can see your feet, hear your feet and feel your feet treating each step as you go deeper. You're taking step seven and six and every sound and noise and movement around you is carrying you further, deeper, way, way deeper into hypnosis. You're taking step five, you're halfway down, go deeper. You're taking step four and three is each muscle. Every nerve turns loose, lets loose and you go deeper. And you're taking step two, going deeper into an awareness of yourself, deeper into your own internal state. And you're taking step one, just go deeper, drift deeper, sink deeper and float deeper. And all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. You are always in control. There's no right way of doing this. There's no wrong way of doing this. And you don't need to do anything. You don't need to think anything. This is a little bit of time where nobody wants anything from you. And your phenomenal genius, incredible subconscious mind that knows everything there is to know about you, listens to every word I say. 
while your conscious mind can just drift far, far away and even forget to remember and to listen and just think about other things. So as you go deeper and because you want to attract wealth and abundance, you listen to these words and they convince your mind, which in turn motivates you and conditions you to believe that you deserve wealth and abundance and you are worthy of wealth. First, you are acquiring the belief that you deserve wealth and now you are ready to acquire wealth. Every day, as you become more open to acquiring wealth and abundance, you are also open to opportunities that help you to make money. You have a clear ideas of what you can do to attract wealth and ideas of what you will offer or give in return for your wealth. You develop a wonderful vision of you having the benefits that wealth gives you and sharing those benefits with others. You constantly imagine and see yourself living a life of abundance. You truly want and deserve wealth and you see it on its way into your life with a clear, concise image that feels so real, so lifelike and so attainable more so each time you visualize. And as you do this, you are imprinting your wealth, your blueprint and your action plan to achieve wealth into your mind. You desire to have wealth and constantly see yourself in possession of that wealth. You visualize riches. You visualize your desire, enthusiasm, and willingness to work to earn those riches. Abundance, the effort and reward are so closely linked that you are continuously working to make your goals a reality. You believe in yourself. You are worthy. You are safe. You are enough. And when you were a newborn baby, you had an inner cheerleader one that resided within you, that gave you courage, confidence, and self-belief to do all the things you wanted to do. When you tried to crawl, your inner cheerleader encouraged you on. When you tried to stand and fell over, your inner cheerleader encouraged you to get back up and try again, telling you that you can do it and you're good enough. Keep going. You had this radiating confidence within you. But as you grew older, others' opinions and words brought your confidence down. But now... You're taking your power back, your confidence back, because it belongs to you. Now it's time to bring your inner cheerleader, the one you were born with, the one you deserve and always have access to, the one that belongs to you. I want you to imagine that the cheerleader that once resided so strongly within you as a newborn baby is hovering above your head right now, about a foot above your head, just waiting. Notice the color of your cheerleader, the size and the shape. And I want you to feel that cheerleader dropping down, descending down and literally merging into you, taking up residence in you once again, taking up residence in your heart, in your mind, moving into your body, feel it merged into your body. Where do you feel it? Notice that incredible, strong, beautiful feeling. Now you once again, just like you did as a baby, you can see your life through the eyes of your inner cheerleader. Your cheerleader's job is to encourage you every minute of the day and night. And you now see yourself through the cheerleader's eyes. You hear great things about yourself. Your cheerleader's job is to believe in you 24-7. And that cheerleader is installing into you, becoming you, and you're becoming the cheerleader. The cheerleader is a part of you once again. And you understand that your mind's job is to do what it thinks you want it to do. And your job 
is to tell it what you want. And you can now tell your mind what you want. And what you want is this cheerleader to be with you every second of the day, building you up, crushing fear with words of hope, shredding anxiety with words of truth, showing you your true inner and outer beauty, demonstrating to you that you can succeed. And this cheerleader will now tell you forevermore that you can accomplish what you want, that you can have your needs met, that you can connect with others. Your inner cheerleader tells you every day that you are enough just as you are. You are enough and always will be enough. You are commanding and compelling your crystal clear, calm and focused mind to go right back to your original imprint and coding when everything functioned exactly as nature intended it to. Your brilliant, brilliant mind is remembering that you are absolutely enough and completely lovable. And while your mind remembers, reactivates, remanifests this truth, this fact that you are and always have been so enough, so lovable, it is already absolutely who you are right now. And as a result of these changes, when you fall asleep at night, you will have the most regenerating revitalizing sleep and you will dream the most healing releasing liberating dreams and you awaken feeling refreshed and energized so when you are ready you can begin to effortlessly return to your full awareness and if you're playing this recording prior to sleeping you will simply ignore the counting and drift into a deep relaxing sleep and dream the most wonderful healing dreams so on the count of one feeling wonderful feeling at ease on the count of two feeling capable and competent and calm and collected on the count of three feeling extraordinary and on the count of four coming back to your awareness and on the count of five feeling wide awake welcome back wow that was incredible and what a generous generous gift for taking the time to customize that and i just want listeners to know how incredible and generous a gift this is because you can replay this and listen to this and work to reprogram with just this. And it is just, thank you. That is such an amazing and generous gift. And I do feel just, I just want to say just, wow, I feel so good. Thank you, Samala. My pleasure. Thank you. So, you like oh, I loved it. <laughs> I'll be playing it again tonight. Um, so just before we close out, one of the, the fun questions that I like to ask everybody, and even just for my own benefit, I keep a, a running list. If there's a book that stands out for you that was significant uh, that you'd like to recommend. Um, I like The Secrets. Let me get it here. Hang on. Um, uh, the, Secrets, the Secrets of Natural Success by William Whitecloud it's one of my amazing mentors that is probably one of the best books I know of of really manifesting what you want some great practical tools in there he kind of gets he gets all the it's like he incorporates all the best stuff from everybody and it's it's in this book this book's a bit of a story but it's in this book and the book also comes with some meditations for free that you can listen along to and um, help you to manifest what you want but it's practical tools um, it's really, really good. It's really, really powerful. Highly recommend that. There's so many books. Which one? Um, I'm Enough by Marissa Peer is really, really good. Um, 
and I can't remember. My mind's gone blank, but there's so many. <laughs> no, that's two is great. I'm going to include both of these in the show notes and I am going to read them too, because there are two books. I love that there are two books that I haven't heard of. So that is amazing and super exciting. So Samala, I also love, sorry, I also love Joe, you know, Joe Dispenza's book yes. and um, Bruce Lipton. I mean, those books are all amazing too. So yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> and I think Bruce Lipton just came out with a new book. Um, I have to look into that. Yeah. Awesome. Me too. <laughs> so Samala, if people are interested in following you, getting a hold of you, booking a session, but they're going to have to wait in line because I'm going first, how, what is the best way to get a hold of you? Um, I'll give you my number. It's plus six one four two one seven two five seven two one. So four two one. So it's in Australia. It's oh four two one seven two five seven two one. But because I'm in Australia, it's plus six one. My website is samalaaustin.com. It's also byronbayhypnotherapy.com. Takes you to both. I'm about to have a whole brand new website. So if you go to my old website, I'm sorry, I don't yet have online booking and all that on there, but my new one will have everything. It's going to be fancy and beautiful and lovely. I can't wait. My, um, my Instagram is Byron Bay Hypnotherapy, but I'm thinking of changing the name, which means if you tag me in that, it will not won't go there. But if you look me up on Instagram, just Samala Austin, I will come up. Um, but Samala Austin, so S-A-M-A-L-A and then A-U-S-T-I-N. And if you Google me, you'll find me. Um, I'm everywhere. So <laughs> you're everywhere Easy. and you're amazing. And I just want to say one more time, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Uh, if people haven't already, please go check Samala out. And um, I just want to thank everybody for taking one of their most valuable commodities, which is their time and listening I'm in today. Have a lovely day, everybody. This little light of mine. Gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine.